Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the shocking news from the coroner, Gabby Petito's cause of death, strangulation. As we learn, the 22-year-old's body was in the wilderness for weeks before her remains were found. The new details in the mystery of what happened to Gabby Petito, with the coroner answering questions about whether she was pregnant or a victim of domestic violence, and what the family of her missing fiancé is saying tonight. Battle over mandates. The White House prepares for a showdown with the Texas governor after he bans vaccine requirements, what it means for companies like Southwest and AT&T. NFL email scandal. The league reacts after Raiders coach John Gruden resigns over a string of anti-black, anti-gay, and anti-women comments. Tonight, is there a deeper problem within pro football? Pain at the pump. Oil prices hit a seven-year high. Gas up more than a dollar since last year. The warning for homeowners as we head into winter. Plus, we go to the Treasury Department. Our interview tonight with Janet Yellen. Are higher prices here to stay? Deadly plane crash. New video of that plane nosediving into a neighborhood. An aspirin a day doesn't keep the doctor away. The new guidance about taking low-dose aspirin to prevent heart attacks. And Hispanic Heritage Month, showcasing talent through food. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We want to begin with the revelation tonight from a coroner in Wyoming that Gabby Petito was strangled to death. The 22-year-old's body was found in Wyoming more than three weeks ago, just days after her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, disappeared. The coroner says Petito's body had been exposed to the elements and wildlife for several weeks before she was found. He did not offer many details. He wouldn't say if she was buried, but in response to a reporter's question, the coroner did reveal Petito was not pregnant. A toxicology report was done, but the results won't be released because of Wyoming laws. Laundrie is the only person of interest in the case and remains the focus of an intense multi-state manhunt. His family says he went for a hike in a nature preserve in Florida nearly a month ago and hasn't been seen since. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is going to lead us off tonight with shocking new details in the case. Good evening, Manny. Good evening, Nora. Tonight, the family of Gabby Petito had no comment on the day's developments, a story that is largely unfolding in two states, here in Florida, where the search for Brian Laundrie continues, and in Wyoming, where the county coroner revealed the cause of death, manual strangulation and throttling. In the manner of death of Gabrielle Lenora Petito, we find the cause and manner to be cause death by strangulation and manner uh, is homicide. Teton County, Wyoming coroner Dr. Brent Blue also revealed how long her body had been in the wilderness. The DNA samples were taken by law enforcement, and all I can tell you about remains is that uh, the body was outside for three to four weeks. The 22-year-old's body was discovered September 19th in Wyoming's Bridger Teton National Forest. I love the van. What started as a cross-country summer trip with her fiancé, 23-year-old Brian Laundrie, devolved into fights witnessed by passersby and police. This is a rough morning. Like this one where officers were called on August 12th in Moab, Utah. The shoes get worked up sometimes. On August 27th, around the time of Petito's death, there was a text message sent from her phone that her family questions was from her. On September 11th, they reported her missing after Laundry returned home to Florida without her and refused to cooperate with investigators. Less than a week later, Laundry was reported missing himself. His parents told police he went hiking at a nearby reserve and feared he may harm himself. His father helped in the search last week, but so far, there's been no sign of him. And while refusing to comment beyond her cause of death, Dr. Blue did allude to domestic violence. Unfortunately, this is only one of uh, many deaths around the country of people who are involved in domestic violence. And uh, it's unfortunate that Uh, These other deaths do not get as much coverage as this one. The Laundrie family attorney issued a statement this afternoon reminding everyone that Brian Laundrie remains only a person of interest in the case and has only been charged with using someone else's financial accounts. It is worth noting that as much interest as this case has garnered, the National Crime Information Center says at the end of last year, it had nearly 90,000 open missing person cases. Nora? That's an important thing to note, Manny Borkas. Thank you. And turning now to COVID and news today from Moderna, the company is asking the FDA to authorize a half-dose booster of its vaccine. And it comes ahead of a big meeting of independent scientists who will advise the agency on just that. Meanwhile, the Biden administration is on a collision course with Republican governors in several states over vaccine mandates. Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes. 
The new executive order from Texas Governor Greg Abbott is not subtle. He accuses the Biden administration of bullying private entities into imposing vaccine mandates. And then he threatens to fine any Texas companies that comply. Our patience is wearing thin. It was one month ago that President Biden announced all companies with more than 100 employees would soon have to require workers to either get vaccinated or submit to regular testing, with even stricter rules for federal contractors. If you want to work with the federal government and do business with us, get vaccinated. Since then, Republican attorneys general from roughly two dozen states have threatened to sue the administration. Texas is one of them. And we're extremely concerned about the vaccine mandates uh, from the federal government. The conflict is sure to breed confusion for employers. Several major Texas-based companies have already announced vaccine mandates. American Airlines said today it's reviewing Governor Abbott's executive order, but believes the federal vaccine mandate supersedes any conflicting state laws. And clearly Governor Abbott knows that federal rules supersede state rules. So why do you think he did this? Politics. Can you elaborate? Well, I think it's pretty clear when you make a choice that's against all public health information and data out there. Uh, that it's not based on what is in the interest of the people you are governing. Adding to the confusion here is the fact that the Labor Department still hasn't finalized the president's new vaccine rules. That's probably going to take at least another few weeks. And even then, there are only about 800 OSHA inspectors who will be responsible for ensuring that thousands of large companies around the country comply. Nora? All right, Nancy Cordes, thank you so much. Well, tonight, a fast-moving wildfire is threatening about 100 homes in Santa Barbara, California. The fire broke out on Monday and quickly exploded to nearly 8,000 acres. We get more now from CBS's Jamie Ucas. The Alisol fire exploded overnight, fueled by strong Santa Ana winds, gusts at times up to 70 miles per hour. By daylight, the blaze near the coastal city of Santa Barbara had grown to more than 6,000 acres. From where we're standing, we can feel the heat. These hillsides are so dry, combined with this erratic wind, and the flames are just taking off. Those flames are threatening about 100 structures and forcing evacuations. And now several ranches are in the line of fire. Patrick Brown and his family have owned the Circle Bar B Ranch for 82 years. What are you most nervous about? Losing everything. I put a lifetime into it. If I lose it, I don't have a lifetime left to, to, to redo it. The flames also shut down this freeway, the 101, a heavily traveled highway between Los Angeles and San Francisco. The fire is around 8,000 acres, not contained, but these gusty winds are expected to subside. Nora? Jamie Yukas, thank you. Tonight, details are just coming in on a deadly shooting at a postal distribution center in Memphis, Tennessee. CBS News has learned a postal employee described as disgruntled shot and killed two other workers inside the facility. He then took his own life. Police say he acted alone and there were no other suspects. All right, tonight the NFL is reeling from a scandal involving one of its top coaches. John Gruden resigned from the Las Vegas Raiders over emails he sent that were anti-black, anti-gay, and anti-woman. This comes as the league tries to become more inclusive. We get more now from CBS's Jerika Duncan. To some, John Gruden's exit from football was years in the making. From day one, 
He's been a used car salesman. Former NFL wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson played for Gruden in the early 2000s. I didn't know that that John would say things like that and, and put them in an email. He just always been a fraud to me. Gruden was in year four of a 10-year, $100 million contract. Today, shoe company Skechers dropped him as a brand ambassador. His downfall comes after the NFL began investigating workplace misconduct within the Washington football team. And out of 650,000 emails, the New York Times obtained some emails exchanged over a seven-year span between Gruden and then-Washington team president Bruce Allen. Gruden allegedly called the NFL commissioner a homophobic slur, denounced women referees, the drafting of a gay player, and slammed players for kneeling during the national anthem. Ken Belson broke the story. Uh, but the NFL also uh, understands, like I think a lot of workplaces, this, this touches an issue that I think a lot of employers now have to grapple with. How do you police somebody's behavior before they come to your company? Bill Roden writes for the undefeated. You know, don't think for a minute Gruden is the only person who thinks like that. You know, So I just think that as we move forward on the story, I want to find out who are his enablers. After announcing his resignation, Gruden said he was sorry and that he never meant to hurt anyone. Just moments ago, we learned that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where Gruden used to work and led that team to its first Super Bowl championship win, will no longer be a part of the Buccaneers' ring of honor. Nora? Jerika Duncan, thank you. Well, tonight, a perfect storm of high demand and low supply is sending fuel prices through the roof. Driving your car is costing a lot more, and so will heating your home this winter. We get more now from CBS's Mola Lenghi. Gassing up is increasingly a hit to the wallet. You've noticed the prices increase. Yes, it is pretty rough, not going to lie. Henry McGinnis told us it just takes something out of you. Hurts the pocketbook, hurts the wallet. Yeah, hurts my soul. This cab driver says he spends at least $300 extra a month, so he's shopping around. The difference is like 10 cents between the Amco, the mobile gas station, and the Exxon. This week, the national average for a gallon of regular unleaded gas is $3.27. That's a seven-year high. According to Gas Buddy, the price of a gallon nationwide has gone up more than five cents in just a week. U.S. benchmark crude oil prices rose above $80 a barrel for the first time since 2014. Chicago area utilities are projecting heating bills up to 50% higher this winter compared to last. The New York Department of Public Service warned residents last week their home heating bills could jump 21% compared to last winter. We're facing a looming energy crisis as we head into what could be a cold winter. Halima Croft, global head of commodity strategy at RBC Capital Markets, told us higher oil prices combined with increased demand for oil and concerns about a colder winter in Europe and Asia means you're paying more. I mean, I think it's all connected. Well, the price of a gallon of gas here in the U.S. has nearly doubled since April of 2020. And experts say whether energy costs will continue to rise through the winter will largely depend on the weather. A colder winter will likely mean higher prices, Nora. Mo'olengi, that makes sense. Thank you. 
Well, you've probably noticed not only the rising prices at the pump, but also at the grocery store and at your favorite restaurant. With America's economy slowly recovering from the pandemic, we wanted to go to the Treasury Department, the executive agency tasked with promoting a strong economy, to talk to the secretary there, Janet Yellen. We asked her about the cost issue, which impacts so many Americans. Are higher prices here to stay? I believe it's transitory, but I don't mean to suggest that these pressures will disappear in the next month or two. This is an unprecedented shock to the global economy. It's led to a huge shift in demand away from services and toward goods. And it's created huge bottlenecks in supply chains. We have close to 100 ships that are docked outside the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach waiting to unload goods. And our supply chains are very stressed. We get the pandemic under control. The global economy comes back. These pressures will uh, mitigate and I believe will go back to normal levels. We're being advised now to shop now for the holidays because of these supply chain issues. What's your message to consumers? Well, look, um, we have an economy that's recovering. So there may be isolated shortages of goods and services in the coming months, but there is an ample supply of goods. And I think there's no reason for consumers to panic about the absence of goods that they're going to want to acquire at Christmas. The debt limit debate was kicked down the road for two months from now. Are you confident that Congress will avoid a catastrophe come December? Well, I believe it's absolutely necessary for Congress to take action to um, raise or suspend the debt limit. The debt ceiling is not about future spending and um, what we would like to see or do. It's about paying the bills that result from decisions Congress has made in the past. A failure to raise it to pay America's bills would shake investor and consumer confidence in the willingness of our government to meet its obligations. Could it lead to a recession? Absolutely. 50 million seniors would risk not seeing uh, their Social Security checks arrive on time. Our troops would have to worry about when or if they were going to be paid. This would result at a minimum in a downgrading of the credit rating of the United States. We would see an increase in interest rates on all forms of borrowing, on mortgages, on credit cards. Households would see their interest bills go up. And there is more of our interview on CBSNews.com. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, we're seeing dramatic video of a plane as it nosedived into a neighborhood in Southern California on Monday, killing the pilot and a UPS delivery worker. It caused a fireball that destroyed two homes and damaged three others. One flight instructor says the pilot may have been disoriented before the crash. 
Tonight, Southwest Airlines flights are running closer to normal. FlightAware says Southwest only canceled fewer than 100 flights today after canceling more than 2,400 over the previous three days. Well, there's new guidance tonight on the daily use of low-dose aspirin, which has long been recommended for heart health. A panel of medical experts now says most adults should not take aspirin to prevent a first heart attack or stroke. Adults in their 40s and 50s are advised to take aspirin only if their doctor determines they're at higher risk of heart disease. People who have already had heart attacks or strokes should continue to take their daily aspirin. Good info there. In honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, we visit an art exhibit that stimulates the brain and the taste buds. Here's CBS's Maria Virial. Comfort food comes in all shapes and sizes. Piedras are my dad's favorite bun. For Latino families, nothing is more nostalgic or satisfying than a shell-shaped concha, a type of sweetbread that often is served at breakfast. After studying all the nooks and crannies, Eva Marengo Sanchez painted conchas for a new exhibit at the McNay Art Museum in San Antonio. I think that food is just so close to our identity. I feel so happy when I'm eating, just like physically, and like my brain is just happy. Me too. (laughs) Like the legendary pop artist Andy Warhol and his soup cans, curator Eddie Hayes says this exhibit shows the talent of Hispanic artists through something we can all relate to, food. As a Latino, to see a concha elevated in a space like this is really incredible. Do you feel like it says we deserve this place on the wall? Totally. We're part of the future of this country's cultural fabric. For Sanchez, this is about painting a permanent seat at the table for Latinos with art that looks good enough to eat. I want to be working at the very top of my ability because I I am representing people that identify with my work. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, San Antonio. Tomorrow, echoes of the Flint, Michigan water crisis. What's being done to help another predominantly black city in that state with high levels of lead in its water? An important story. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set that DVR. Then you can watch us later. All right, that's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell right here in our nation's capital. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts.